Pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. To observe this season of Advent means to refrain from rushing to Christmas. Something in me cherishes this time of waiting in anticipation. But something in me also laments what is not yet. This morning, I am more connected to the lament. Today is the third Sunday in Advent, the third Sunday on which we have explored the experience of waiting and anticipating, the third Sunday on which we have wondered about the coming Christ, wondered what it means to anticipate the coming of Christ, wondered about who this Christ is. We think about the coming Christ, and here is some of what we are told about what we are looking for. We look for God arriving in our midst, God breaking into human history, God sending one or coming as one who would bring about dramatic change. And this one who comes, this way in which God comes, is something we long for. We yearn for the one who comes. But that coming is not yet here, so we are waiting. And in the waiting, we lament the wait itself. We lament what is not yet. The work God has not yet done in our midst. The difference we long for that God has not yet made. The change that God has not yet brought about. There is a certain melancholy to this season of Advent. It is not an accident that an higher, a higher than average proportion of hymns matched to the season of Advent are hymns in a minor key. In the bittersweet experience of waiting, we hear a voice telling us to prepare. That is the message of the scripture this week. The Hebrew prophet says that a messenger will prepare the way. Then our gospel reading gives us the words of one messenger quoting another prophet who said, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight, and all flesh will see the salvation of God. I would like to see the salvation of God. I would like to see God get us out of this mess our world is in, because I don't think we can do it without God. And I lament being in the time of waiting, when I don't get to see that salvation quite yet. We are longing and yearning to welcome the coming Christ, to see the salvation of God. And God's messenger tells us something about how to prepare. John the Baptist proclaims a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Repentance means to change our ways. As I look at the world around me, as I look at the ways of our world and where it's gotten us, I think... Yes, we need to change our ways, and specifically the violence of our ways. We need repentance. We need to change our ways. 
The story is not a new one. It is an old, old story. I don't normally talk about events in the life of Jesus of Nazareth in this season when we anticipate the second coming of the Christ and remember that first coming. But today, a piece of the infant Jesus story fits. Our scripture today reminds us that Herod was ruler in Galilee when Jesus was born. This is the Herod who was so threatened by the prophecies that a new king would come, the Herod who was terrified to think those prophecies might come true. He tried to find out what was going on, and when his messengers didn't give him the information about where to find that newborn king, Herod tried to cover his bases by ordering the killing of every male child under the age of two. And Matthew's Gospel quotes Jeremiah in a painful lament over the deaths of innocent children. A voice is heard in Rama, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. New questions came to me this week thinking about Jesus. Questions I hadn't thought of before. I wonder, did he know about the children his age who were killed when he was an infant? Did someone tell him the story? When did he learn that he had survived a massacre? And how did that touch him? How did that shape him? What we know about that infant boy who escaped an act of violence is that he grew to be a man who abhorred violence. He grew to be a man who did not fight back. He grew to be a man who taught his followers to turn the other cheek. He grew to be a man who told his followers to put away their swords and told them that just when they were trying to defend and protect him. He chose to be defenseless, to be unprotected, rather than allow a sword fight on his behalf. And how we might wish today that swords were the weapons we had to worry about. That infant, born into violent and frightening times, grew to be a man who would rather die than turn to violence himself. And we who love him look at his death in horror and have to think, this has got to stop. Things have got to change. Repentance is that word for saying things have got to change. We cannot settle for only the arrival of that sweet baby Jesus. It is the fullness of the Christ we anticipate, that we long for. I want a savior I want God to come rearrange things because the world is a mess and I want it fixed. And in the face of my longing, God sends a messenger who says, prepare a way. And so I have to do more than wait and yearn. I have to prepare a way. I have my part to play. We all do. We who hear the call to prepare a way. Our world feels like a wilderness, doesn't it? And to cry out, to call for an end to violence, 
feels like a small voice crying out in that wilderness, but we do cry out. I feel such a sense of urgency to do something, and I don't exactly know what to do, but I I do know that part of what needs to change, part of this repentance, part of this end to violence, part of what needs to change is in me. I'm afraid, and I'm angry. In the aftermath of violence, I'm struggling mightily with my own reaction to people I disagree with. Somehow, for some people, these events become a platform for people to call for the support of responsible gun ownership. An acquaintance of mine has been quick to take up the call for arming school administrators. And I have to pause and take deep breaths. And I have to ask, what is a nonviolent response I can make in the face of fierce disagreement? I have never physically harmed another person. I've never touched a gun. But that doesn't exempt me from needing to work carefully with my fear and anger. The seeds of violence in our culture are also present in how each one of us works with disagreement and difference and with our judgments of others. If we are to prepare a way for the Prince of Peace... We all must practice peace in the small and simple ways we talk about and even think about others. On Friday, Mike Huckabee said this on Fox News. We ask why there is violence in our schools, but we have systematically removed God from our schools. Should we be so surprised that schools would become a place of carnage? How could he say that at a time like this? How could he say that at any time? Huckabee is advancing his own biases about religion in America. I hear his comments, and I can feel real hate well up in me. But we can't give in to that hate. We have to find ways to stay in touch with our compassion and stay grounded in our vision of peace and nonviolence. Because the more I let myself give in to that hate, the more I let that hate infuse my words and my attitudes and my beliefs about other human beings, the more I contribute to a culture of violence. Terrible disagreements have come out in the wake of tragedy this week. But small irritations and disagreements happen every day. I feel a sense of urgency about monitoring my own reactions, my responses in the face of pain and fear and anger, but also in the face of simple frustration. I think I can take a little more time to tap into my patience and compassion every day, to try to make every small interaction with the person who annoys me an interaction that promotes peace, an interaction that furthers nonviolence. Jesus taught us to treat others the way we would want to treat Jesus himself. I might like it if that teaching didn't apply to Mike Huckabee, but it does. We cannot give in to anger or hate or fear and still call ourselves followers of Christ. To be a follower of Christ means to choose the way of turning the other cheek, 
of putting down the sword. We are called to prepare a way for the coming Christ, the one who was called the Prince of Peace. We can all do something. We can all play a part in changing the world. We can all do our part to prepare a way. Amen.